the Blue Gold Report. Irish reporters Todd Burlidge and Mason Plummer get ready for Notre Dame football game day Saturdays only on 1380 The Fan. Another edition of the Blue Gold Report, perhaps the biggest show that we have done so far this year, obviously, with number one Clemson coming to town to play number four Notre Dame, a top five matchup. I'm Todd Burlidge. I'm a contributing writer for Blue and Gold Illustrated. I will be joined by Mason Plummer, my co-host. He is a staff writer for Blue and Gold Illustrated, one of the top dogs when it comes to covering recruiting. Of course, all eyes on Clemson, Clemson, Clemson. Break that down every which way. We're going to talk about Brian Kelly's inability to win the big game, and this is his latest chance to try to make good on that. Where Clemson stands in the absence of a star quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. We will make a flyby on the 31-13 win over Georgia Tech just for the heck of it. We'll hear from both coaches. As I mentioned him a little bit ago, Mason, man, how you doing? And introduce yourself, please. Yeah, I'm doing great, Tom. My name is Mason Plummer. I'm a staff writer and recruiting analyst over at blueandgold.com and Blue and Gold Illustrated. Yeah, Todd, this is the the week we've been waiting for, man. I'm I'm super excited and super excited to break it down with you. Certainly one of the biggest games Brian Kelly has coached as he looks for an ACC title and perhaps a playoff appearance. We'll get into all that, but as we start every show. Gold Rush. And what better way to start Clemson week with a little ACC cross-country news. (laughs) Notre Dame came in, and for the second time in three years, Last weekend won the ACC title, scoring only 40 points, placed all five runners in the top 18. Yara Nugus became the first ever male Irish to win the individual title. He joins former female runners Anna Rohrer and Molly Seidel as the three ever to win an ACC title individually. Todd, there's been a lot of rumors this week about Notre Dame potentially set to wear green on Saturday. That we've seen the Irish wear green hashtag floating around Twitter. There's an announcement set for 8.30 Eastern on Friday, Todd. I think it's very possible the Irish come out in green on Saturday. ESPN Game Day will have its show, certainly a non-traditional look with COVID keeping crowds down. Beyond from 9 a.m. to noon, this will be the 10th time that Game Day has been to South Bend. Notre Dame is 5-4 and four in those games. Clemson has been on the show 18 times. Speaking of being in South Bend, 2021 Notre Dame commits Mitchell Evans tight end Jaden Thomas wide receiver and offensive lineman Blake Fisher and more are expected to be in South Bend this weekend to take in the action Todd some big time recruits coming into town eighth time in stadium history that a number one team will be playing inside the house that Rockney built Notre Dame is only two and five in these games their two wins are 1988 when the number four Irish bumped off the number one Miami Hurricanes 31-30 in the Catholics versus Convicts game. And going back to that 1993 again, number two, Notre Dame beat number one, Florida State 31-24. Notre Dame defensive end Dalen Hayes was named the pro football focus MVP of the week after his performance against Georgia Tech last week. Five tackles, two sacks, and two forced fumbles. He was causing absolute havoc in the Georgia Tech backfield. Gold rush. Yeah, he was amazing. So let's go ahead and start right there because he got my defensive game ball in that 31-13 win over Georgia Tech. And actually, Mason, I'm sure you remember you watched the game. He had a, what looked like another strip sack later on in the fourth quarter, but that ended up being called an incomplete pass. So his numbers could have been even better there. I'm glad you broke him down for me. Offensively, a little bit sluggish. Ian Book was 18-26, 199 yards, one TD. Kyron Williams... 76 yards rushing, did have two TDs, but he had the one critical fumble that Georgia Tech brought back 93 yards for a touchdown. Can't do that this weekend. 
Nothing really jumped out at me in the Georgia Tech game, to be honest with you, Mason. Was there anything that stuck out to you? Uh, nothing special, really. It wasn't a super inspiring performance for me, but I think they went in and got the job done comfortably. They, I think they dominated regardless of what the scoreboard showed. The The goal was to go in there, win the game comfortably, and then get out healthy, and that's what they did. Yeah, uh, You want your full squad ready for Clemson, and uh, all eyes were focused on Clemson. Brian Kelly even kind of admitted that. He kind of halfway admitted that. So all eyes are on Clemson now. They're healthy. They're ready to go. Yeah, they got out of there just fine. Did exactly what they had to do. I couldn't agree more. It was Notre Dame's 10th straight ACC win. It also was Notre Dame's 12th consecutive win, which leads the country as far as the longest winning streak. It will enter this game against Clemson, Notre Dame will, with 22 straight home wins. Meanwhile, Clemson has won 39 straight regular season games dating back to 2017, so something has to give there. So let's go ahead and move on to Notre Dame's primetime tilt against number one Clemson. It's a 7.30 start on NBC. The weather is going to be absolutely magnificent, so no issues there for either team. I suppose the biggest issue to talk about is Clemson star quarterback Trevor Lawrence, who is out. He will be replaced by DJ Wiengalele who did a decent job, adequate job in the second half against Boston College last week. Clemson really got a scare in that game at home, falling behind the Eagles 28-10 to before rolling off 24 straight points to win 34-28. Mason, the one thing that worries me is sometimes when you have a top opponent like that, you want them to come in just kind of rolling along. That's exactly what I was thinking as I was watching the game, actually. Um, Boston College, like you said, went out to that huge lead. Then the second half, it was all Clemson. They were really gathering some momentum. Uh, I'm just going to stick with DJ. Uh, DJ looked great in the second half. He was really starting to find his groove, and that's what you don't want to see if you're a Notre Dame fan. You were hoping to see him getting really nervous in the pocket and being really unsure about his throws, but he was the opposite of that. So I think he's going to be coming in with a little bit of confidence. That's not what you want, but like you said, if they were just coming in rolling, that's a benefit for Notre Dame as well. So it it is what it is at this point. Um, I'm glad Boston College didn't get the win because you'd like to see Notre Dame knock off the number one team in the nation, but um, I think that scare might benefit Clemson in an odd way. Yeah, for sure, and I I think you make a great great point when you say DJ played a lot better in the second half there. He finished up 342 yards passing, a couple TDs through the air, and then 25 more yards rushing with one TD on the ground. Uh, I think what stuck out to me is just how versatile and talented Travis Etienne is, Clemson's senior running back. He had 224 total yards, a couple TDs. And along the way, he broke the ACC career rushing record and now stands at 4,602 yards for his career. So with Trevor Lawrence out, Brian Kelly was asked, how do you change your prep? Did anything switch this week? And here's what he had to say. We have their depth chart here, and I'll take their fourth Sam linebacker. Let's see. I'll take their fifth defensive tackle. I'll take their fourth defensive end. So they're in pretty good shape. Uh, so now I do not wish COVID on them at all, and I do not wish them any injuries. Um, they're going to put out a really good product um, with the other players that they have. So you know we're we're gonna. We're going to be prepared for uh, the number one team in the country. And and the guys they roll out, uh, they're going to be pretty good. Brian Kelly makes a great point there, Mason. Clemson is so deep. You can go four or five deep at darn near every position, including quarterback. So he wasn't too concerned about changing up any practice habits. Dabo Swinney, Clemson's very successful coach, who has won two national titles and been to the national title game two other times. 
He talked a little bit about the importance of this matchup and how he thinks it's going to be a great day for all of college football. Super excited uh, about this this opportunity this week. Uh, this is you know college football uh, at its best. Uh, two two top five teams, and you know when you when you sit down and, and start breaking this thing down, uh, it's about what you would think. Uh, you know, with two top five teams, you know, just a bunch of really good players on both sides, and uh, you know this is this is again. Uh, very small margin for error type of game, uh, and I know we'll have to, you know, play better uh, for sure, and cut out some of the mistakes that we've had, uh, especially, you know, <laughs> giving up some points to the, to the, uh, to the other team. Uh, so this, but it's fun, you know. It's a great matchup. Uh, Notre Dame is a, I mean, they're a, they're ranked number four for a reason, and uh, incredibly well coached, and disciplined, play extremely hard. Well, there you have it. The stage is set, and we were going to break more of this down a little bit. Uh, Brian Kelly said after the 2018 game, playoff game against Clemson, when the Tigers won 30-3, to that he still saw some things that he liked in his team, and it was something to build on. You wouldn't think that in a 27-point route. By the numbers. Two. Two offensive touchdowns allowed the last three games for Notre Dame in the 12-7 win over Louisville the 45-3 win over Pitt, and then the 31-13 win over Georgia Tech. 17 with the win over Georgia Tech. Notre Dame is now 17-0 when playing on Halloween. That streak dates all the way back to its win over Albion in 1896. All right, Mace, I just mentioned it before by the numbers there. Brian Kelly was asked, after the 2018 mauling to Clemson, the 30-3 to mauling, and he said, you know what, I liked what I saw. Certainly the score doesn't indicate that, but he felt like there was a lot to build on. And you can kind of see where he's coming from. So let me pop this clip in about sort of Brian Kelly explaining himself. You know, we had a lot of young players that were going to continue to grow in our program, and we played an outstanding football team. People fail to, to recognize the next week they absolutely blitzed Alabama. Um, and nobody talked about the talent gap there. Nobody talked about the coaching gap there. They just talked about the talent gap and coaching gap between the Notre Dame and Clemson game. But um, I just felt like from the eye test and what I saw, that was my opinion. And really all that matters is we get an opportunity to, to play Clemson to, you know, this Saturday and, and compete against them. And who knows, it might not be the only time we play them this year. So there'll be enough time to evaluate all this. And we feel pretty good, good about where we are. We'll continue to develop our players in the manner that we feel uh, is best for Notre Dame. And Dabo's going to continue doing a great job of developing the players that he has in, in the manner that he has. But we have dis you know, different business plans. And, and so we'll, we'll, um, we'll do what we're doing. And... Um, should make for a great game on Saturday, I can tell you that. As you can hear there, Mason, and Brian Kelly's right, you can't really argue with him. That was a young team that is now molded into a deeper and more veteran team, especially when you look at that offensive line. When I look at this game and this matchup, I certainly don't feel the same way I do about that one in 2018. Yourself? Yeah, I don't either. I really think that that, you know, you called the mauling and thrashing, both of those words are fair. 
I think just even in those two years since the college football playoff against Clemson, that Brian Kelly's really changed kind of his philosophy and the way that he goes about things. He felt like he had a really young team there, an inexperienced team that wasn't ready for the moment. And you've seen Notre Dame go out and get veteran players from a little bit lesser schools, getting transfers from NC State and Nick McLeod and getting a transfer from Northwestern and and Ben Skoranek and guys that are veteran leaders that know how to get the job done in big moments. So you're getting these older veterans in places where they can lead and show the younger guys how to get it done. Um, I think that he's not only done that, but started to recruit in different ways as well. And he's recruited better since 2018, and I think that's important. So I think the entire approach has been different heading into this game. Um, I think the team is more confident. That team didn't – it seemed like they didn't – felt like they belonged in that in that game, and it certainly didn't look like right, it. Right. Um, so I think that they're going to look like they belong more in this game. They know that this is a game they need to win, but they're not – there isn't so much fear as much as there is confidence in the 2020 version of this game elephant in the room is Brian Kelly's inability to win the big one. Um, at this point, he's 0-5 in his career in top five matchups. I'll run those down for you. Number four, Stanford in 2011. Number two, Alabama in 2012, the national title game there. Number two, Florida State in 14. Number two, Clemson, the one game we're talking about here in 18. And then last season, number three, Georgia Brian Kelly has lost all five of those by an average score of 31-15, so he's lost all five, 0-5, by 16 points. For Notre Dame, shockingly, since 1999, which is Bob Davies' third season as Irish head coach, Notre Dame has played 20 top five opponents, okay? Bob Davies, Tyrone Willingham, Charlie Weiss, Brian Kelly. They've had 20 tries against top five opponents. They've won one of those. That was Charlie Weiss in 2005 at number three, Michigan. But, man, those historic numbers don't look too good, Mason. They don't, but uh, just thinking back to those games, Notre Dame had a great chance to win against Georgia. It was in Georgia. And then the the pick play that was called against Florida State still haunts me this, to this day. Um, yeah. Having a chance to beat <laughs> Jameis Winston's Florida State, uh, that was just terrible. But um, no excuses. I mean, you got to get it done within the time frame. This will be Brian Kelly's ninth game where he's had a top 10 team coaching against a top 10 team. And he's only two and six in the first eight. And he's lost those six games by an average of 19 points. This game, it's it's not the end all for us. I mean, it's just for us, it, we could win this game. But you, if you lose to BC, this game doesn't mean anything. I mean, we're still in pursuit of a, a, a conference championship. So it's about steady play. It's about raising your level of compete on Saturdays, which we're in the process of doing. Um, it's about consistency and performance, what we're, which we're, we're you know, certainly um, well on our way to checking that box. We've shown an incredible consistency uh, as a football team of winning week in and week out. You know, I mean, look, you're going to get opportunities like this and, and you want to win these games, there's no doubt. But we're, we can't be overly emotional about this football game and lose sight of the fact that we've got five more games to play as well. I mean, there's a lot of football still left out. So we can't empty the tank and say, hey, we beat Clemson, we've arrived. No, we haven't. You know, we, we've got to take this game as an important game. It's the number one team in the country. You better play really well against a really good Clemson football team and then get ready to move on and play a, a BC team on the road. That's really good, too. 
Okay, all well and good, but come on, we've been peeking to Clemson for a couple of years, as you mentioned last week, Mason. This isn't uh, this didn't sneak up on us in any way, Mason. The one thing I wanted to ask you about, and I want to debate a little bit. I feel like the loss of Trevor Lawrence for Clemson puts Notre Dame in a bit of a no-win situation. So now, if they beat Clemson, Clemson is about a six and a half, seven-point favorite. Last I checked, if they beat Clemson, well, oh, you beat him without Trevor Lawrence. If Clemson beats Notre Dame, well, you couldn't even beat Clemson without their best player. So it kind of puts him in a spot, and I'm disappointed that he can't play because maybe I'm reading too much into it. You tell me. Correct me if I'm wrong. But I feel like this really handicaps Notre Dame's chances of being a one-loss team and still making the college football playoffs. You lose this one in the regular season. I think even if you come back and beat Clemson in a rematch in the ACC championship game, I still feel like the college football playoff selection committee might turn its head to another one-loss team in no small part because of the crummy showings Notre Dame has had in these big situations. In that case, if you're the college football playoff committee, I mean, you can't blame Notre Dame if they don't win, but Notre Dame Right now, you can only win the games that are in front of you. Um, you can't control what happened to what happened to Trevor Lawrence uh, contracting COVID nineteen. You can't control. I don't know if you know this, Todd, that Clemson is going to be without starting defensive tackle Tyler Davis, linebacker Mike Jones, and uh, linebacker James Skalski, as well as uh, defensive and Xavier Thomas for the first half. These are a lot of big absences for Clemson on defense, as well as not having Trevor Lawrence. But at, at the same, on the same side of it, you can't. You can only win the games that are in front of you, and there wouldn't be any excuses made if it was Notre Dame. And that's just a fact. So, for me, regardless of who's that quarterback for Clemson, they're just going to—they're putting in another five-star. Uh, DJ is just going to be another Trevor Lawrence, and he was the best quarterback in the in the country last season uh, with the rivals recruiting rankings. So, I even even that he is a freshman, he's experienced, he's inexperienced, he's not quite what Trevor Lawrence is now. I still comfortably think that DJ is one of the probably five or ten best quarterbacks in the country already. So I don't think it's a huge difference. Um, I think I would have rather seen Notre Dame play Trevor Lawrence so nobody can say anything about the game right, right. Uh, if Notre Dame was to win it. But I still think it's comfortably the best win of the Brian Kelly era if they do get it done, regardless of whether Trevor, Trevor Lawrence is at the helm or not. Am I off base when I say that I just feel like historical perspective might hurt Notre Dame's chances as a one-loss team? if they would happen to lose this game. I mean, you can't hell. I certainly think about it. The last two times Notre Dame has had a legitimate title run came in 2012 against Alabama and then 18 against Clemson. They lost those two games by a combined score of 72-17. to I just almost feel like that's going to weigh on the committee's mind, especially since I mentioned earlier, in 2018, Notre Dame was kind of like, they don't belong there, even as an undefeated team based on their schedule. Do you think that will hover at all in that selection room? It probably shouldn't, but you think it might? I think it's possible, but if that's what's on the minds of, a com- of the committee, then uh, Notre Dame's only dug that grave for themselves. Um, the, there's nobody on the team from the 2012 team. Right. There's only a handful of players from the 2018 team. So I, I get that, but I also don't because it's a, it's a brand-new team, and while Notre Dame still carries, I guess, that stench or that kind of stigma from right. from losing the big games, especially in the big moments in the national championship and in the college football playoff. I think you still carry that with you, but at the same time, it's a new team. It's still the same head coach, but it's it's a brand new team, a brand new team of athletes that 
haven't had the, the chance largely to experience this kind of moment yet. So I think it's unfair to stereotype or generalize a team at that point, but there is no denying that people are upset when Notre Dame makes a big game like that and then gets blown out because there's an opportunity for another team that potentially would have done better. So uh, I think Notre Dame completely solves this issue by just going out and winning, winning the big game and controlling what you can control. So go out and do it. Yeah, you're exactly right. But I want to expand on your point a little bit because you brought up a good one. I looked to last year as well, 2019. We're, we're talking about the 18 drubbing to Clemson in 18. But look at last season. When Notre Dame lost 45-14 to Michigan in Game 7, the Irish dropped from number 8 in the AP poll all the way down to number 16. Okay, The Irish haven't lost since. And following that loss, Notre Dame won its final six games last year by an average of 25.3 points, four of those wins coming by more than 30 points. Yet during that stretch of six weeks of dominating performances, it only climbed four spots in the AP. So it ends up number 12 after dropping to 16. To me, that spoke to the perception of this program. When you can roll it up on teams like that, six wins in a row, and you only move up four spots, something felt wrong about that to me, Mason, and I don't know if that is going to carry over into this season. I think there was something probably wrong with that, but at the same time, you controlled your own your own fate, and you went into Michigan and lost by 30-plus. So you can't go in to your potentially your biggest rival and do that. Um, I think that Notre Dame comfortably beats teams that it should, and it wasn't always like that, especially in the past you know handful of seasons. You know, look back five or ten years ago, Notre Dame was known for playing down and up to its competition, so it was always kind of a crapshoot. You never knew right, exactly what right. you were going to see. And Notre Dame's now beating those teams comfortably, but then in the big games, they're still not really looking as great as they should. It seems like they're they're kind of shying away in the big moment. So I think Notre Dame, it, it, you control your own destiny. If you if you want to get rid of that stigma, go out and win the game on Saturday. Yeah, exactly, and that's the that's the only way to do it. That'll shut them up, and that might change your trend a little bit. Mason, that flew by. We better get to predictions before uh, before they shut us off here. I'll let you start. All right. Um, I've kicked this one around for a little bit. Um, I think Notre Dame keeps it close. I don't think they're at Clemson level yet. I don't think they get it done. I'm going to say 28-21 Clemson. I think they keep it close throughout, but Clemson scores a late touchdown. (laughs) Man, we are always so close on these, Mason. I love it. Um, Here we go. Brian Kelly puts up his 22-game home winning streak on the line against Dabo Sweeney. I just think even with Trevor Lawrence out, Clemson's sort of been here, done this attitude, approach, and confidence gets them over the top. Mason, you said 28-21. I wrote down Clemson 27, Notre Dame 21. So we're right in the ballpark. Mason, reintroduce yourself. Let them know where they can find you, and we'll get the heck out of here. Yeah, just before we finish up, my name is Mason Plummer. I am a staff writer and recruiting analyst at blueandgold.com and Blue and Gold Illustrated. A lot of recruiting coverage still going on, not as much being featured right now. It's Clemson week. That's all anybody cares about at this point. But something Mike Singer, my recruiting analyst partner, and I highlighted was that there could be a lot of recruiting news coming if Notre Dame wins this game. Everybody's eyes are going to be on this game. You can find that article on blueandgold.com. Outstanding. I'm Todd Burlage. You can find me at Todd Burlage on Twitter. You can find him at Mason Plummer underscore. Folks, that'll do it, man. We'll have, Hopefully we'll be having fun recapping this game next weekend, and we'll look ahead to Boston College and the return of Notre Dame transfer quarterback Phil Jacoby. Thanks, folks. We'll talk to you next week. 
Thanks for listening to this exclusive presentation of 1380 The Fan, the Blue Gold Report. And be sure to download the latest edition of the show wherever you download podcasts or go to 1380thefan.com. Podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.